1 verse 8, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. I want you to know you've got power. Anybody feel like you got power? Over 500 people filled and refilled with the Holy Ghost on this campus. Over 200 on our other campuses. Hell is in trouble. Last Sunday, that's what happened on Pentecost Sunday. I'm reading today from Acts 1. It said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. What is upon? Two words, up on. How many of you want to get him up on you today? Amen. 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, verse 1. Live streamers, so glad to have you. Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gift, but the same Spirit. Differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom, hear the gifts of the Spirit, through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge, through the same Spirit. To another, faith, by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing, by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. Somebody say the same spirit, but you shall receive power after the spirit comes upon you. Somebody say that same spirit. Yeah, that same power, that same spirit that came on me last week gives me access to all this. Hallelujah. I'm about to teach the word. Are you ready? I want to talk to the gifted today. If you believe God wants to gift you, slip up your hands. Hallelujah. If you believe he has things for you. Father, release anointing and favor in the house as I teach and preach here and by live stream around the world. Thank you, God, that people did not let a tropical storm keep them out of your house. Thank you that they came to now, to today. Now reward them with a word from heaven here. And for all my friends, I bless them in Jesus' name. Give the Lord the ovation of the day. Come on. You can be seated. You know, I love watching, even now at 54 years old, I love watching Marvel and, and DC movies. I've enjoyed superheroes since I was a little boy. I can remember I wanted to be Batman, but we didn't have the cool costumes that kids have nowadays. My costume was a towel, come on now, a towel, and then I would put a, a clothespin in the back and I would clothespin my cape on and I was na 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 that's who I was, and I was dangerous. Come on, somebody. But I want to talk to you today about the gifted. I want you to understand that God wants to give you gifts. Anybody ready for gifts from heaven? Come on. The Bible said you shall receive power, and with that power comes access to these spiritual gifts. Now, now God has made available to you empowering spiritual gifts, and the enemy does not want you to know it. But God's plan for your life is for you to be gifted. Just put your hand on your chest and say, God wants to gift me. 
Yes, he has things for me. And some in this room are thinking, Pastor, I really don't need these gifts. You're going to talk about, I don't know if I desire this supernatural gifting in my life. And my question to you is, why in the world not? If you could have supernatural giftings in your life, make a little noise if you would like to have them working in your life. Come on. You don't have to be prophet, apostle, bishop. You don't have to be missionary, anybody. It's for you. The gifts of the Spirit will empower you, and the last thing the devil can handle is a powerful, gifted you. He doesn't want you to have these gifts because he's afraid of you. When you are gifted by the Holy Spirit, you have yet another thing that he can do nothing about. So the first step I want you to see here is found in 1 Corinthians 14. It said, earnest desire the gifts of the Spirit. So understand me, when we acquire the things of God, it's because we have desired the things of God. He's not going to give you what you don't desire. But I, I believe that there are some people in this room, you're like me, I want everything that God has for me. I want every gift he has for me. I want to be empowered in every dimension. I want to be able to walk in a supernatural realm. Come on, make a little noise if you want to walk in a supernatural realm. No, no, you were just shouting and dancing when I give you glory and praise. I said, make a little noise if you want power from another world. Now, this passage to me, it's phenomenal because it's so promise-filled. And the promises of God are yes and amen. And for us to truly understand the Holy Spirit's purpose in inspiring Paul to write this to none other than the Corinthian church, it pays for us to read this text within context. It, it pays for us to understand really what is happening when Paul sits down and pins this word to the Corinthian church, what's happening in the church at this time. When Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians, the, 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 the Corinthian church is struggling. They're dealing with critical problems that needed to be addressed. They were a church that was full of small groups, but their small groups were dysfunctional. I'm glad that Calvary groups are not dysfunctional. Can I get a witness? That's why you need to join a Calvary group. You, you need to know and love one another, but these people were, were setting themselves up in groups, and the groups were full of elitism and racism and classism and even sexual immorality. There were things going on in this Corinthian church. People had chosen their favorite leaders. There were cliques and clubs, and everyone thought that their way was the best. And, and the problem was they would have these love feasts. They called them agape feasts. They would come together and have communion, and then they would serve a beautiful, lovely meal, but some were not allowed to come. The impoverished were not allowed to come. The struggling were not allowed to come, even though they were members of the Corinthian church. They were ostracized and kept out. Some were not invited. I don't know about you, but I have no desire to be a part of a church where some are not invited. 
Oh, if you want a church like that, you came to the wrong church on the wrong Sunday with the wrong pastor on the wrong day. Because if you look around here, everybody is in the room. Every background, every race, every color, every creed. I don't care how jacked up you are. I don't care how well put together you are. You are welcome here in the house of the Lord. We don't care if you're red, yellow, black, white. We don't care what your color is, what your background is, what your educational prerequisites are. We don't care what your job is. We don't even care if you're struggling right now. You might have been on crack last night, but you're going to get on Christ this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody make a little noise if you're glad that God will turn a doper into a deacon. He'll, oh Jesus, he'll, he'll, make a, he'll make a crack addict a Christ ambassador. He'll make a hoochie mama a holy roller. God. How many of you are glad to be in a church where everybody's welcome? Make a little noise if that's you. But the problem was in the Corinthian church, people were ostracized and criticized. And, and here... Paul is, he begins to deal with some natural problems. But isn't it amazing that when he starts dealing with natural problems, natural issues, natural situations, he begins to talk to them about gifts of the Spirit. Here this cold, calculated, cranky agenda of Satan in Corinth, it's the same agenda that the devil has in the church today. He has that agenda here, and he has it in every Bible-believing church. He wants us weak. He wants us divided, and he wants us messed up. He wants us ineffective. But right in, in the midst of this Corinthian Christian church crisis, God speaks to Paul, and the Holy Spirit had an answer. And the answer is nothing less than supernatural gifts. See, God will always provide a supernatural answer when he addresses a natural problem. God only works supernaturally, and natural problems, can be too big for us. You can have a natural problem that you can't handle. You know, cancer is a natural, natural problem. Addiction is a natural problem. So God doesn't bring a natural angle to a natural problem because he is a supernatural God. He brings a supernatural answer. That means if God does it, expect it to be big. Expect it to be mind-blowing and expect it to be inexplainable. So right in the middle of crisis, God speaks through Paul and he said, I'm going to provide for you spiritual gifts. And here is the prerequisite. In verse 1, he says to the Corinthian church, now concerning spiritual gifts, I would not have you ignorant. Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant. He said, I don't want you to be dumb. Come on, somebody. Do you know any dumb folk? Don't point in church. It is not nice. The word actually here, ignorant, means unaware of. He, Paul said, there's more, and I want you to be aware of it. There's more accessible to you, and I don't want you to be dumb about it. There's more. There's more than what you've got. There's a greater dimension. There's a greater empowerment. There's more than what you have in the moment. I feel like I'm prophesying to somebody here. Somebody's getting ready to step out of your and into his more because there's more than what you know 
there's more power than what you know. You know what you see, but God sees what you don't see. You know what you know, but God knows what you don't know. And he's about to step in and bring supernatural gifting in your life so you can have the kind of breakthrough that makes you give him praise. Can I get a witness in this house? Is anybody ready? He said, I'm going to provide these spiritual gifts. Somebody say spiritual gifts. And I don't want you ignorant. Now, first of all, does anybody want more? Come on, let me hear from you if you want more. Now, notice the gifts that he gave. They are identified here, precious, as spiritual gifts. Now, the word spiritual there is a very powerful word. In the Greek, it is the word pneumaticos or pneuma. It's where we would trace our word pneumonia. Somebody who has pneumonia has a breathing issue. So pneuma is breath. And this spiritual pneuma means that these gifts are God-breathed. God said, I will breathe these gifts into your life. I will breathe these gifts into your life. They are God-breathed. They are God-sourced. They are God-sanctioned. And, and God is saying, this is not an earthly thing I'm giving you. I'm giving you a heavenly thing. These gifts are God-designed. They are God-designated. They are God-delivered. And it's powerful to me because he said these are spiritual gifts. Now, but you go even a little further. He said they're spiritual, but they're also so gifts. They're gifts. Gifts you don't earn. Gifts you don't get a right to. You don't get a gift you, because you've earned it. You get a gift because somebody is kind enough to give it to you. And it goes even deeper when you understand these spiritual gifts. The word gifts is the word charismatic, where we get our, our, our English word charismatic. Charis means grace, and madam means gifts. These are two words, charis and gifts. So we these are grace gifts. You get these gifts because of grace. God's gifts of the Spirit are supernatural, and they're never given because we earn them. God's gifts are grace gifts. They come to you because of grace. Some of you say, well, Pastor, I could never... I could never earn, I got too many issues, I could never earn the right to have a gift like that. I could, I, could, I could never have a gift like that. I got too much junk in my trunk. I got too much issue in my past. I got too many problems that I've had. I could never have anything like that. And what would you say to me, Pastor? I would say to you in love, precious, don't be ignorant. Come on now, don't be ignorant. Don't think you could ever earn anything from God. How many of you know, me included, we are all saved by grace. We are redeemed by grace. And these God-designed, God-designated, God-delivered gifts are only given by grace. Paul said, don't be ignorant. Don't think you can earn anything from God. Don't think you can be good enough, saved enough, denominational enough. You can't be Baptist enough. You can't be Kojic enough. You can't be Methodist this enough AME enough come on I'm preaching better than you're letting on you can't be church of God enough assembly of God enough to get one gift from God I'll tell you what gives you the gifts of God it is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and if he will give it to me in grace I will receive it by grace somebody give God praise if you're tracking with me today Paul said, don't be ignorant. It's all the way traced back to Hosea when Hosea said, my people perish for a lack of what? 
knowledge, not a lack of money, not a lack of sources, not a, not a lack of resources, not a lack of connection, but a lack of knowledge. And many people think I could never have that gift from God because I'm not good enough, but understand you have it because his grace is sufficient. Hear me in this room. Don't allow the devil to hold you in spiritual bondage even one more day. Make up in your mind every gift that God has for me. I will have it. I will see healing miracles, signs, wonders, and breakthroughs in my life. Somebody in the back, give God a praise right now. Somebody in the, somebody in the front, lift your voice like a trumpet and say, God is about to move supernaturally in my life. Now, the Bible would have never told us to desire spiritual gifts if they were not available. God's not going to tell you you can have something and then not give it to you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get radical with me. Right now, I want you to praise God for every grace gift that he will release in your life in the days to come. I want you right now to begin to praise God for grace gifts of healing, grace gifts of discernment, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Come on. The discerning of spirits. Hey! I said the discerning of spirits, the working of miracles. If you believe it, give God a crazy praise right now. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I'm going back and singing the song again because it's all mine. Now, watch this. You say, well, pastor, how many, how many of these gifts you want? There's nine of them. There's a revelation gift that includes the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirit. There's the vocal gifts. That's tongues. That's interpretation. And that's prophecy. Then there's the power gifts. That's healing and faith and the working of miracles. Pastor Rayleigh, how many do you want? I want, come on, country folks. I want all of them. All of them, not all of them. I want all of them. Tell your neighbor, I want all of them. Yeah, I want every one of them. I, don't, I want every one of them working in my life whenever I need it. Hallelujah. God is ambidextrous. What's that word? Yeah, y'all know what I was trying to say. Come on. I, God is just as good on his left as he is on his right. He's just as much savior as he is healer. He's just as much healer as he is deliverer. He is just as much provider as he is waymaker. So I want him to put all that in my life and let it all stir up. So when I need it, I got it. Oh my God. I'm about to throw my shoe. I feel something in second service. Somebody give God praise if you're a candidate for the supernatural. The very sad thing about that is I will hear this yet again because my staff records it and they will play it back for me and laugh about it. Come on. The way that I said that word M. Yeah, that one. Hallelujah. Now, here's what Paul did. Paul starts off with the Corinthian church. And he says these words, you, you, you need these gifts. You need something supernatural. You got some natural problems. And then he said this. He said, you know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led. Now, now, most of the believers in the Corinthian church started out in the false religions of their day. They had been worshiping dumb and voiceless and not moving, and nothing idols. And shockingly, after they had been saved 
and after they had followed God for quite a while, there were those in the Corinthian church who wanted to bring some of their pagan practices and pagan ways of worship into the worship of the living and true God. That they wanted to bring the counterfeit to the genuine and join it together. I don't want anything counterfeit. I want the real thing. I want the genuine. So they started using their counterfeit gifts. You can study about it. They started using counterfeit gifts trying to imitate the real thing. And I've been in services before and in uh, uh, meetings before where I knew the gift was just counterfeit, that they were trying to imitate the real thing. They began to try to act and feel really super spiritual. They were focusing on the gift rather than on God. And let me tell you, any gift that you have will focus you not on the gift and not on the gift Ted, but you will be focusing on God. Because when it's from God, God gets the glory. Mm. Come on, somebody. How often do people try to use the gifts of God in order to bring glory to themselves? Let me tell you something. No gift from God will ever bring glory to self. You know for sure and for certain that a gift is not from God and it is not above board and legitimate when the glory goes to man and not to God. I don't want to be around a man-glorifying gift, but I want to be around the gift that gives God all the glory. If you're a prophet, prophesy to me. If you're really a prophet, you won't sell a prophetic word. I've seen them now. They sell their prophetic word. I need to get back and teach a minute. But they sell their prophetic word. They tell you, you know, I'll prophesy over you for $500. This is the $500 line. This is the $400 line. This is the $200 line. Some of y'all got in lines like that, and you paid $500. I'm telling you, you got ripped off. I would have prophesied over you and your whole family for $19.99. Come on, somebody. What I'm trying to tell you is this. A real prophet doesn't prophesy for profit. A real prophet has fire shut up in his bones. It's never about him. It's never about his money. I am ready to step into a realm where there are gifts that manifest that only God can get the glory for. Can you give the Lord a praise in the room right now? So here they are in Corinth. Come on now. There were those who had gotten so-called saved, but now they're beginning to blend pagan worship and Christian worship. They were so messed up that they were having religious gatherings in the name of Jesus, and they would end up drunk and high, just like they did in their pagan worship, and even falling into sexual immorality. They were acting just like they acted when they worshiped the false gods. Now, I'm about to teach a minute, and I don't think too many people will want to shout, but maybe somebody will. You see, it's a sad day. It's a sad day when people want to worship like it's all good between them and God, but still do the things they were doing before they got saved. Preach Pastor Rayleigh. Yeah, yeah, they still want to be doing what they were doing, still sleeping around, still acting foolish. The only difference is now they speak in tongues and they call themselves prophet so-and-so. <laughs> Preach, brother. <laughs> my brothers and my sisters, I want to talk to you. This equates to following dumb idols. Paul wanted them to know that this life is transformational, that when the Lord saves you, he changes you. He changes your desires. He changes what you want. He changes your connections. I'm not impressed with how much you prophesied. I'm not impressed with how many times you speak in tongues if you go home and sleep with your neighbor's wife. 
Oh, preach faster, Rayleigh. I'm not impressed with you if you're still gossiping with your homegirls and acting crazy and lusting and lying and still, yeah. I'm going to come down this. I didn't think you would shout right now. But I'm so glad that I serve a God that when he saved me, he changed me. He disconnected what I was connected to. He changed my mentality. He changed my mindset. He changed my situation. He changed the way I talk, the way I live. Oh, come on, get real. He changed the way I dress. Oh, come on, somebody. Somebody make a little noise if you still serve that kind of God. See, see, I want the real thing. The problem was these people were trying to fuse righteousness and immorality. And here, Paul said, I'm going to find me some folks hungry for the real thing. Who's hungry for the real thing? See, nothing can stop a believer in the church that gets hungry for the real thing. I said, who's hungry for the real thing? I said, who's hungry for the real thing? I said, who's hungry for the real thing? Yeah. So Paul begins to unpack these nine grace gifts, these pneuma, these God-breathed gifts of grace. And I'm only going to be able to cover two today. But number one was the word of wisdom. Now, the word of wisdom is when the Holy Spirit gives you supernatural wisdom. He gives you supernatural understanding. Now, now I know many who are book smart, but they are not wise. Do you know folks who are degreed but dumb? Can I get a witness? Wave at me if you've ever met folks like that. They've got degrees, but they don't have common sense. They don't have wisdom. They got, they got them hanging. They got all these degrees hanging on the wall, but they are degreed, but without wisdom. They are, they are dumb. They, they, they are dumb to life. And so Paul says you can have access to the word of wisdom. There's people I know that are not greatly degreed, but they're some of the wisest people that I've ever met in my life. In Acts 16, we see a vision that appeared to Paul, and this is an example of the word of wisdom. It's a vision of a man from Macedonia, and this is often called by Bible teachers the Macedonian call. It literally came to Paul, this vision, and this man says, come and help us. Now, now this was Paul's call that led to yours and mine gospel encounter because Paul had been on his way to Asia. He was going to go to Asia and he was going to look over the churches and the works that he had started. But God gave him a word of wisdom and this word of wisdom, he showed him a man and this man said, come to Macedonia and help us. So rather than going to Asia, Paul shifted his whole mindset. God shifted his life on a dime. God changed his direction in a moment and rather than going to Asia, he came to Europe and coming to Europe he, there were people who got saved and born again and it was that European message that finally came to the United States of America we are here today because Paul got a word of wisdom 2,000 years ago that led to your salvation it shifted his life but it shifted your life too 
It changed Paul's life, but it changed your life too. And hear me in this place today. This was a supernatural word of wisdom that caused Paul to go the opposite direction to the where he was headed. It shifted his life. It shifted his agenda. It changed everything. I've come to tell somebody that the Lord will give you one word of wisdom that can change everything in your life. It will take you from broke to blessed. It will take you from struggling to overcoming. But not only will it change your life, it will change the lives of those around you and those that are to come. I'm looking at a family right now who has gotten born again. Stand up, my next door neighbor, stand up. Look here, this is man and this woman and this they were born again in an Easter service two years ago. Now they are saved, their children are saved, they're fostering children, they're leading people to the Lord. I'm telling you that God can do one thing in your life that will transform somebody else's life. Is there anybody in the room you can say, God, if you got a word of wisdom, let me hear it because I need a shift in my life. One, two, three, give God a praise right now. That's the word of wisdom. <laughs> It'll change everything. But here's what I want to do. I want to connect the word of wisdom to the word of knowledge. <laughs> because these two work together. Somebody say the word of wisdom is connected to the word of knowledge. Come on, you got to say it. Say the word of wisdom is connected to the word of knowledge. Now, now the word of knowledge is the receiving of certain facts that we should not know naturally but supernaturally we know by the power of the Spirit of God. I mean, you know things you should not know because you have a word of knowledge about it. I know what some of y'all are thinking. Pastor, could you get me the Powerball numbers? But the devil is a liar. Can I get a witness? Uh, I tell you, don't pay, play the lotto, but if you play and win, pay your tithe. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness? But here's the deal. The word of knowledge is the receiving of certain facts that you should not know naturally, but supernaturally you know it by the Spirit of God. It's something you could not have known without the Holy Spirit's prompting. Somebody make a little noise if you want to know what you could not know. Let the Holy Spirit tell you. He'll tell you about your children. He'll tell you about your marriage. He'll tell you about your job. He'll reveal the agenda of the enemy. Come on, somebody. I dare you right now, make a little noise if you'd like for the word of knowledge to be at work in your life. When Ananias and Sapphira pretended that they gave all their money to the Lord, there was a word of knowledge that they had sold their land and kept the prophets. The word of knowledge came and, and it brings the revelation about the past and the present. The word of knowledge, the gift of the word of knowledge is powerful because if you study, you'll find out that Jesus used the word of knowledge. When he spoke to a woman at the well, he told her about her past and her present and it transformed her future because she followed Christ because of it. We've seen the, the word of knowledge at work in the in the ministry of miracles and healings pastor uh, our evangelist Nathan Morris has one of the greatest gifts of the word of knowledge that I've ever seen in my life and he will be with us not this Wednesday but next Wednesday and miracles and healings will take place the word of knowledge can be used to bring clarity to provide encouragement to build people up in their faith in 1st Samuel 9 Samuel got a word of knowledge and, and told Saul about some donkeys who were lost that had been found and some of y'all got some donkeys in the name of 
of Jesus. Maybe they're your sons or daughters. They're acting crazy right now. Maybe you got some family members that are acting like donkeys. But I tell you, God will give you a word of knowledge that my family will serve the Lord, that the stubborn are coming in. Understand this, because the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge work together. The word of wisdom and the word of knowledge work together. Wisdom is the right application of knowledge. So here's the deal. The word of knowledge gives us the facts, but the word of wisdom shows us what to do with the facts. So here's the deal. The word of knowledge gives us the facts, but the word of wisdom shows us what to do with the facts. Here's, here's what I want you to understand. I don't want to just know the facts. I want to know about what should I do with the facts. I don't want to know just what's going on. I want to know, God, what do you want me to do about what's going on? Knowledge is knowing the right thing. Wisdom is doing the right thing. The word of wisdom and the word of knowledge will instruct us and prepare us for the future. Just these two gifts can change your life. Just these two gifts can change your family's life. Just these two gifts. There's seven more. We ain't even got into the discerning of spirits. That's next week. When we get into discerning of spirits and you're able to see not just the person, but the spirit behind the person, and God shows you exactly what's going on, that's when you can rise up and say, devil, you are a liar. Not today, devil. Come on, somebody, because you'll have discerning of spirits. But understand, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge can transform your life. I am a living witness. Now remember, Paul, he was in one place. He was headed to Asia. He's going into Asia. He gets a word of wisdom about this, this, this Macedonian man that appears to him. And this word of wisdom was so powerful that Paul shifted his whole life and he came to Europe. He had a word of knowledge as well and he was able to give the people what he needed. Now, now hear me, I don't claim to be all that and a bag of chips, but here I am today at 54 years old. We are about to celebrate our 21st anniversary here as pastors of Calvary Christian Center. Now, I came to this church 21 years ago, but the problem was I did not start out thinking that I would ever pastor a church. That was not where I was headed, but I remember when I was in my office. I was in my office in Brandon, Florida, and I was praying and seeking the face of God because I had been invited to come here and take a struggling church that was falling apart, holes all in the roof, walk away from a success successful traveling ministry leave it all behind and come to a place that owed money to people all over town I'm laying in the floor telling the Lord this is not my path my path is to be an evangelist I'm gonna be on the road you this is what I'm going to do this is what I feel called to do I had it laid out my my calendar was laid out a year and beyond I was going to do some of the most exciting things you ever dreamed 
dreamed of. I had it all figured out. But laying in that floor, I got a word of knowledge. The word of knowledge was there's more going on behind the scenes. The Lord began to operate as well with the word of wisdom. And I knew that I was supposed to be here. Suddenly, I changed everything. Suddenly, I went from saying I'm going to evangelize and stay on the road. I shifted. I shifted 21 years ago with a word of wisdom at 33 years old. Didn't even know what it was. Couldn't, I hadn't even ever taught of it, taught about it, but God gave me a word of wisdom right there laying in my floor and the word of knowledge, they operated together. So all of a sudden, I shifted my life. 21 years, how, how many of you would say Calvary's been a blessing to you? Make a little noise if that's you. Oh, that ain't gonna do. I said, how many of you would say Calvary's been a blessing to you? Yeah, I had, I had one of the long-term members say, you know, I believe that Calvary would have shut down. I believe that the church would not have made it because there was so much crisis going on, but the Lord moved you with a word of wisdom. He spoke to you through the word of knowledge, and you left what you were doing, and you came here 21 years ago. God shifted my life. Let me ask you again. How many of you have been blessed by Calvary? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, God gave me the word of wisdom, but it was for you. God gave me the word of wisdom, but God knew that 19 years later, there would be a family sitting in this church who would need Jesus. My God, when I got the word of wisdom to come here, you were 12 years old. You weren't even serving the Lord in any capacity in ministry. You were just a boy. But guess what? God spoke to me, and it made a place for you. Where you at, John Wilds? John Wilds was 12 years old when God gave me a word of wisdom and caused me to operate in that thing, and it brought a stage for you to stand on. You, the offering taker, was two years old. When I got the word, you, my assistant, wasn't even born yet. But how many of you say, God, give me that power? Somebody give God a praise right now. I said, give the Lord a praise right now. See, we are gifted so our world can be shifted. Are you interested in having a gift that work in your life that will change everything? Make some noise if that's you. Hear me. Hear me. All those years ago, Pastor Troy, 21 years ago, when I was 33. How old are you, son, Christian? You were five. Look at you now. Sitting in my word of wisdom. Came here young, not very smart, pretty dumb. Leading men who were older than me, successful. God gave me wisdom. I said no to a lot of stuff that people thought I should have said yes to. Didn't I don't? 
said this church, well, you can never build a multicultural church in Ormond Beach, Florida. Ain't the devil a liar? Word of wisdom. God wants to gift you. He has gifts for you. How many of you could say, Pastor, I need the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge at work in my life. Raise your hand. I think it's almost foolish if you don't have your hand raised right now. Because God wants to give you the ability not to just shift your life, but to shift the life of others. Stand to your feet across this room. Raise your hands. I declare over your life that the gifts of the Spirit work mightily in you. I declare on this rainy Sunday morning that the gifts of the Spirit work mightily in you. Ask for the Lord to give you the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will not just know the facts, but you will know what to do with the facts that you know. I declare in the name of Jesus that the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge is going to work mightily in you. I declare this is a gift. You do not earn it. You do not get it because you deserve it. I declare by the grace of God, the blessings of the Lord are coming on your life in the next season of your life. Good God Almighty. I declare that the favor of God is coming on your life in the next season of your life. I declare you're going to operate in the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Now here's what I want you to do. Right Right now, I want you to begin to praise God for every grace gift that he's going to release in your life in the next year. Right now, begin to praise God that you're going to know what you need to know. It's going to shift things for people that you love. It's going to shift things. I didn't even know that you were coming. But when God spoke to me at 33, now we sit in. That word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Next week, I'm going to talk about the discerning of spirits. I can't stress to you how important it is for you to be here. Who's going to grow with me? Come on, who's going to grow? All right, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I want this in my life, but I need grace first. There's sin in my life. When you pray, pray for me. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, when I count to three, raise your hand. Are you ready? Pray for me, Pastor. One, I've got some hands are already being raised. Two, I'm not where I need to be, Pastor. Pray for me. Three, slip up your hand right now. Hallelujah. I want everybody in the room to take your hand and place it on your heart. Pray this prayer after me. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart. Wash me clean. Make me new. I need you. I don't deserve you, but it's grace that brings you to me and me to you. So I confess you are my Savior. And now raise your hand. Say, in Jesus' name, now that I'm saved. I claim every gift of the Spirit to work mightily in my life. I declare in this next season, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge will work in my life. If you receive it, give the Lord a clap and a shout right now. Reach over, reach over and touch a neighbor on the shoulder. If you're visiting with us, I want to meet you in the back. Pastor Josh is going to close us in prayer. Listen, here's the deal. The groups in Corinth, they were dysfunctional. But the groups at Calvary are powerful. I want you to join a powerful Calvary group. Let's get to know one another. Let's love one another. Great days are ahead. If you believe it, say amen. Hold that neighbor's shoulder. Pray with us, son.
As Pastor mentioned, he and Pastor Dawn are going out these doors to the left. If you're a first-time guest, make sure you stop by. Introduce yourself. Tell them your story. Once again, as Pastor said, you can begin to get ready for group registration and growth track out in the foyer, southeastern out in the foyer. All my young adults, tonight, 7 p.m., just for you at the Limitless Cafe. I'm ready to preach to you. I'm fired up after that word. I believe God's got something great. How many are blessed by today's word? You're going to get better. Revival Wednesday, June 6th. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word today. We thank you, God, for the man of God that said yes. And God, behind even his yes was you loving us enough to see us in the future. So we say thank you for that, God. Father, Lord, we also know that if you want to put these gifts in our life, God, that there must be more. So, God, we say yes to your more for us. God, we know that you're about to take us into new levels and new opportunities. So grace us with the gift we need for the destiny we have. And we give you praise and glory for it all. In Jesus' name, somebody who believes it, shout amen. God bless you today. Make sure you hug a few necks, shake a few hands. We love you, and we'll see you next week at Calvary Christian Center. God bless you.